0: Welcome to Stuff to Blow Your Mind, a production of iHeartRadio. Hi, my name is Joe McCormick, and this is The Artifact, a short-form series from Stuff to Blow Your Mind, focusing on particular objects, ideas, and moments in time. The sun orbits the center of the Milky Way galaxy roughly once every 230 million years. Given this measure, it was roughly one galactic year ago that a reptile clade we now know as the dinosaurs first appeared in the fossil record. And if you go one galactic year before that, the Eurypterid predator Pentacopterus, a type of giant sea scorpion of the Ordovician waters, was one of the most fearsome animals on Earth. Within that galactic orbit, you can zoom down into smaller frames of satellite time. Of course, our planet orbits the sun every 365 and one quarter Earth days. And then, of course, the moon orbits the Earth in a little over 27 days. But then you hit a wall where you have to ask a question. Is that as far down as natural orbital frames go? Can the moon of a planet... ...have a smaller moon of its own? In a paper published in 2019 in Monthly Notices of the Royal Astronomical Society, astronomers Juna A. Kohlmeyer and Sean M. Raymond address exactly this question. Can moons have their own moons? And if so, where are they? The answer to this first question depends on how you frame it. To start off with, we have to clarify what we mean by moon... To count as a moon, an object in orbit around a planet or moon needs to be a natural satellite. As of this recording, NASA's Lunar Reconnaissance Orbiter is in orbit around Earth's moon right now, but nobody would call this vehicle a moon. In addition to being natural, a moon should really be at least semi-permanent. At any given time... Earth could potentially be orbited by a number of tiny, natural satellites in addition to the Moon. One recent example is an object called 2020 CD3, a dim, near-Earth asteroid, probably a little smaller than a car, which was discovered orbiting Earth in February 2020, and which has since been flung out of orbit and sent on its way. This is not the first temporary captured orbiter in Earth's history, and it won't be the last, but it's hard to call it a moon. So if we confine our question to large natural satellites that stick around for millions or billions of years, like Earth's moon, can moons have their own? According to the modeling done by Kohlmeier and Raymond, the answer is yes. But in order to have its own submoon, a moon has two major hurdles to clear. It needs to be large, and it needs to be pretty far out from its host planet. The main reason for these requirements is the influence of tidal forces from the host planet. Tidal forces refer to a process where the host planet causes stretching and deformation of the moon, or submoon, through the influence of its gravity. Tidal forces from Jupiter, for example, are the cause of the internal stretching and friction that heats up the core of Io, the innermost of the Galilean moons, and drives volcanic eruptions on Io's surface. In the case of submoon retention, the authors of the 2019 paper showed that if a moon is too close to its host planet, any potential submoons in orbit around it will experience too much interference from tidal forces, which will eventually destabilize the orbit of the submoon, causing it to fly off into space or crash down into its host. Now an obvious question is, do any moons in our solar system meet the criteria to host a submoon? Actually, yes, Jupiter's moon Callisto, Saturn's moon Iapetus, and our moon, the moon of Earth. So if these moons are technically capable of supporting submoons, where are they? We can't know for sure, but the authors speculate about likely reasons that if these moons ever had submoons, they would no longer exist today. In the case of Callisto, it's worth remembering that Jupiter has a lot of relatively large moons, and it seems likely that the gravitational interference posed by the other Galilean moons would reduce Callisto's stable submoon sphere to nothing. There's just too much going on in the neighborhood. In the case of Earth, the best theory of our moon's origin is that it was created 4.5 billion years ago when an object about the size of Mars literally collided with the young planet Earth. This colossal impact threw a large chunk of Earth's mass off into orbit around our planet, and this mass eventually coalesced and became the moon. But the young moon was really close, only a few Earth radii, or something like 20 to 25,000 kilometers away. It's been retreating ever since. Today, the moon is still edging away from the Earth at a rate of about 4 centimeters every year. But at the time when the young moon could have captured a sub-moon of its own, it wouldn't have had the distance it needed. Saturn's moon Iapetus might be the most interesting case. The most notable feature on the surface of Iapetus is its creepy equatorial ridge, a ring of mountains wrapped like a belt around the midsection of the icy moon. When I see these peaks, I imagine the spine of some ice-encrusted, gigaresque monster poking up through the skin of its back. One possible explanation among several for the equatorial ridge of Iapetus today is that it is the scattered flesh of an obliterated ancient submoon. In fact, this would be consistent with a hypothesis argued by Andrew J. Dombard, Andrew F. Chang, William B. McKinnon, and Jonathan P. Kay in a 2012 paper published in the Journal of Geophysical Research, Planets. The authors of this paper write, quote, we expand upon our previous proposal that the ridge ultimately formed from an ancient giant impact that produced a subsatellite around Iapetus. The orbit of this subsatellite would then decay once Iapetus itself had despun due to tides raised by Saturn, until tidal forces from Iapetus tore the subsatellite apart. The resultant debris formed a transient ring around Iapetus, the material of which rained down on the surface to build the ridge. And I love that image of the ring falling down to the surface of the moon. But finally, I wanted to ask, to continue the logic we started with, can a submoon have its own sub-submoon? Actually, yes. But, as you might guess... Each orbital level you descend, the maximum size of the object goes down. And given the size of the planets in our solar system, and thus the maximum size of moons that can orbit them, and thus the maximum size of submoons that can orbit the moons, it's not likely that our solar system could have a sub-submoon bigger than about a kilometer wide. But I'd take it. Tune in to new editions of The Artifact every Wednesday, hosted either by Robert or by myself. As always, you can email us at contact at stufftoblowyourmind.com. Stuff to Blow Your Mind is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.